Uh, let's read Acts chapter number 8, starting with verse number 5. Uh, the Bible says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was a great joy in that city, but there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed, uh, Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also when he was baptized. He continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Look at verse number 26 with me. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority, under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge over of all her treasure, and who had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning, and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He, uh, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shear, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they were on their way, they came into a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for another opportunity to come into your house this morning. Lord, there is no doubt there are people all over the world uh, that would love to be able to, to have a place that they called uh, your house that they could come and worship but are, are not able to because of uh, certain reasons and oppressing governments and, uh, and fear, Father. But, Lord, we, we are so thankful that we can freely come in here this morning to open your word, to hear it uh, preached to us and to do a wonderful work in our heart. Uh, Lord, it is my uh, great prayer this morning that you would uh, use me, uh, that I would say just the words that you would have me to say and no more, Lord, and that you would prepare the hearts of all of your people uh, that we may hear this message and that it may uh, make a change in us and, and lead us, Father, and, and let us be effective and to be used. Lord, we ask all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, I want to preach to you this morning on, on this thought of being used by God. Uh, it's, it's, it's safe to say that all of us that are, are born-again Christians um, that, are, that are desiring to live as God would have us to do, 
um, want to be used of God to some capacity. You know, it's all of our obligations uh, that are Christians uh, to do the work of the Lord. Um, that is not just my work or Brother Toby's work um, or, or some other pillar of the church or, or certain men or women that have been here for a long time, but it is every single person's job down to the smallest and what may seem the most insignificant person's job to be used of God. And that's what we ought to strive for and that's what we ought to desire. Um, I, I, a story comes to mind that I had heard um, about a barber, a man that wanted to be used of God and and uh, he was a Christian man, a good Christian man, and his local church was having uh, evangelism courses or, or soul winnings, uh, teaching how to, how to go out and to give people the gospel and, and how to tell them about uh, Jesus Christ and how they can be saved. So he signed up for it, and, and he went faithfully. He was the first one there uh, every single day. Uh, he was the last one to leave. He took his notebook. He took notes. He studied. And at the end of the course, he got a certificate that said he had passed. And he was so proud of it. Uh, he took it into his barber shop and he hung it up on the wall. Uh, and that morning as he hung it up, he prayed, God, uh, let me be used this morning uh, for the first person that walks through the door uh, for me to give them the gospel and for them to be saved. And lo and behold, the very first man that walked through was a big burly biker man. Um, that, that uh, scared the living daylights out of him. And the guy was in a bad mood anyway because he was, he'd lost a bet with his buddies and was having to get his head completely shaved. And, and so he thought, I, I might just skip this one, Lord, and go on to the next one. And so the next one came along, and he, uh, he again, he found another reason to say, well, I, you know, the next one, Lord, and the next one. And that went on all day to where eventually the end of the day had come, and he hadn't talked to anybody about the Lord. And he was almost brought to tears, and he was, he was very upset that he hadn't done uh, what he felt the Lord wanted him to do. And he prayed, and he said, God, just give me one more opportunity, one more person to come in here. And, and, uh, and a young man came in that was uh, a nice gentleman. He was easy to talk to, and he sat down. He wanted a haircut and a shave. And, uh, and that barber, he thought, here's my chance. This is the perfect opportunity. So he, he started to talk to the guy, and he got the shaving cream out. And, and he started to think, and he started to doubt himself and think, well, I can't remember exactly the way they said I should start this off. And he tried to keep going, and he put the shaving cream on the guy's face. And he thought, well, I can't remember how I'm supposed to respond if he objects to, to this or that. And, and he started to get nervous, and he started to sweat, and his hands started to shake. And, and he thought, well, I have to do something. I, have to, I, I still have to talk to him. I have to do what God wants me to. And so in his nervousness and his sweating, he held that razor up, preparing to shave, uh, to shave his face, and he was shaking, and he said, Are you ready to die? <laughs> and that, that's probably not the best way for us to try to, to share the gospel with people, um, but I commend him for his effort. Um, we ought to have a desire to be used of God, and I would say that it's safe to say this morning um, that it, even in many Bible-believing churches, people are not being used to, in the way that God would want them to be used. Uh, the reason that I say that is I believe that we would see much more people saved in coming into the church and joining the church if we, and, I, and I'm not pointing fingers, if anything, I'm pointing right back at myself, if we, were, uh, if we were making a point to be used of God as we ought to be. Um, so I want to spend just a, a few minutes this morning, as you can tell my voice was wanting to give out anyway, so it may be shorter than I'd like, but <clears throat> I want to spend just a few minutes this morning looking at, at this story in the book of Acts of the way that God used Philip, the way that God had operated um, and let that kind of reflect in our own life to see if we're living by that example uh, to let God use us. So the first thing that I do want to look at is the way in which God was operating uh, with Philip uh, in the 8th chapter of the book of Acts. Um, I want us to notice first God's timing. Uh, 
the first thing that we read was dealing with Philip being in Samaria. Uh, while he was in Samaria, it says that there were people that were possessed, that were being cleansed uh, of, those, uh, of those evil spirits. Um, the Bible tells us that there were people that were lame, uh, that were being healed. Uh, so there's no doubt that God was doing a great work in Samaria at this time. Um, that there, you could even say that there was a revival going on of people that were coming to know Jesus Christ, and and uh, and God was doing things there. He was he was right there doing something. Yet in the midst of this, you see that God calls to Philip and asks Philip to leave that and to go somewhere else. Now that's interesting to me because as a human being, I would think that when God's right in the middle of something doing a great work, that that's where God would want me to be. Yet God picked Philip up out of that and he sent Philip somewhere else to do another work and a different work to leave an entire group of people and to go to one man particularly. So I want us to notice that God's timing was much different than what would be normal or natural to us. And we need to understand that it works the same way in our own life with God's timing. You know, sometimes uh, we may think, well, here's somebody that I, I, I feel that the Lord would have me to talk to, but if I stop and talk to them, I'll be late for work. Or, you know, maybe it's at the gas station getting gas that morning. I, I don't want to be late for work. Or, uh, or, or maybe it's at some other time that it just doesn't fit into our schedule. Um, but let me say, God's timing, even though it doesn't make sense to us, is still perfect timing. Um, there's been times that when Toby and I were uh, young, we would go door to door, and we would, which we still do, but we would go door knocking. That's something we really enjoyed doing, especially when we were younger. And uh, I remember one time particularly, we walked past this man's house, knocked on the door, nobody was there, moved on, went to the next one. And as we were coming back, he was coming to his mailbox. He had just got home. There wasn't a car in the, in the, in the driveway earlier, and there was then. And, uh, and we stopped him. And his name was Ryan. I still, this must have been eight, nine years ago. I still remember his name. Um, and we stopped and talked to him, and he was willing to talk with us. He actually invited us into his house, which is extremely unusual this day and age for somebody that's a stranger to come up to you, to talk to you about the Lord, to, for them to just bring you or invite them into your house. And he wasn't a Christian. Um, he, wasn't, he wasn't an atheist, uh, but he wasn't a Christian. And he had questions, and he was willing to listen to us. And after a long time of us talking to him, uh, he did not get saved. And I've I prayed for him much since then. I, I hope that he has since then. Um, but we, we tried to explain to him, Ryan, do you realize if you had gotten stopped at one more red light, we would have been 200 more yards down the road and wouldn't have seen you come out to your mailbox. That This is God's will for us to stand here and to talk to you right now about, about the gospel, about Jesus Christ. And, and it, it broke my heart that he wouldn't receive him. But, but the point that I'm trying to make is, uh, you know, we, we could have thought, well, nobody's home. Why didn't the Lord be home? We're out here trying to do God's work, you know, and walk on. But God was trying to make things time out perfectly. Um, and it was it's so odd. You come up to somebody and you say, can I talk to you about the Lord? Or can, I think the way that it was questioned was, uh, can I ask you a question? If, if you died today, do you know if you would go to heaven or hell? And for somebody's response to be, I was just thinking about that on the way home. You know, that, that's God's timing. And, and we need to understand um, that God works in a way that we don't work. And we need to be okay with that. Uh, we need to get it settled in our heart that the things of this world, that though, although they seem so important even to me, um, are still temporal things. Um, and they will burn up, and they will be gone one day, and they, they, will not, they are not eternal things. 
And we ought to be focused on the things that are eternal so that God can use us and that we aren't hindered by the, by the things of this world and the, and the timing. <coughs> so we see the first thing is how odd it was that God would call Philip from Samaria to go somewhere else. But the next thing I want us to look at is, uh, in the way that God operates is the way that God leads. Um, in verse, uh, let's see here, verse number 26, um, it said, The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And then in verse number 29, the Spirit said unto him, Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. God didn't tell him all of this at one time. He told him one thing at a time. <clears throat> God works in a way, oftentimes, in which he'll lead us step by step. Um, I'm like all of y'all. I would love for God to be, when I see God doing a work, I would love for God to show me the beginning and end of it and everything through it. That way I could feel like I was prepared and ready and could do exactly what God... But that's not, that's not living by faith. Um, that's not operating in the way that God does. God wants us to follow Him one step after another. To look at, I, I tell our young people when they're searching for, uh, talking about them looking for the will of God in their life, uh, to to look at the doors that are around them and to to walk through the door and and if God if you walk through that one and the next one's closed then turn around and go through another one it's a step by step process in which we have to be willing to be used of you know if you see if you think God's doing something in your life and you say well I can't see the end of it uh, so I, I'm not going to go through with it anymore um, you may miss a great blessing in seeing what's got what God is doing. Um, you know, how many times have you heard a story of somebody that has said something, uh, you know, like they got a flat tire or something like that, and they didn't understand why such misfortune come on them, but, you know, then they were able to encounter somebody that was in need of Christ and lead them to the Lord. We need to get it settled in our heart that, that we are uh, willing to be led of God in whatever way that He is willing to lead us. Um, I heard one preacher say, you know, so oftentimes we want God to write the contract out, and then we'll sign at the bottom. Um, but the way that God operates is he'll give us a blank piece of paper and he expects us to sign and then he's going to write in everything after that. We just have to be committed and devoted to what God's w- w- willing to do and wanting to, be, to do if we're wanting to be used of him. Um, so we see God's timing and we see God's leading, but also let's look at God's choosing. It says, He arose and went, Behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, um, it was odd that he sent him to a, a eunuch. You know, if you study your Bible, oftentimes the eunuch was a lesser person, somebody looked down upon. Um, yet God took Philip from a place where he was doing great things and sent him to a eunuch uh, to to give the gospel to him. Um, can I say? Can I say to you? I love the testimony of people that lead uh, great and mighty individuals to the Lord. Uh, but even the most insignificant person laid up under a bridge this morning matters to God. And we ought to be willing to give the gospel anytime and anywhere to anybody. It doesn't matter how it makes us look to other folks. We ought to be willing to be used of God in the manner in which He wants to use us. We don't belong to ourselves anyway. We belong to Him. And so we ought to be, uh, as Paul said, an ambassador and bonds to Him, to be used of Him and to go forth and, and to, to give the gospel however God would have us to do. So uh, regardless of the way in which God chooses um, to do that one way or another. Uh, So we see the way in which God operates. But now I want us to notice some things 
um, that Philip did. Now, these are things that I, that I feel are uh, they're not going to blow your mind, but they are things that we as Christians must do uh, if we expect to be used by God. Look at verse number 27. Um, those first five words, right after uh, the angel of the Lord had spoke to Philip, it says, he arose and went. Uh, it doesn't say he questioned God and wondered why. It doesn't say that he, he, he shook his fist at God and said, God, there's such a great work going on here. Why would you have me to go somewhere else? I don't understand. I don't like this plan. It just says, as far as we know, he arose and went. Um, we ought to have that submitted attitude to God in our lives. Um, you know, a lot of times people... God, is, God intends to use us how he wants to use us and what ministries he wants to use us, and not the ones that we want to necessarily. You know, um, it's not always my desire. Or uh, well, Let me share my heart with you a second. It's, it's not my desire as of right now to ever pastor a church. Now, God may change that. And if God does, I'll follow his leading. But that's not my heart's desire right now. Um, but I have to be willing to do whatever God would have me to do. Um, I have to be okay with all. Some people, some people say, "Well, no, God just doesn't use me that way," or, or uh, you know, God uses me this way. God uses us how He wants to use us, and we need to be okay with however that is, as long as it's scriptural for God to use us in that manner, to be to be ready to be used by God. Um, and Philip was that way. He didn't question God. He got up, he went, and he did he did the work that God would have him to do. Um, I want to know the second thing is what Philip endured. It says that he he uh, that he said, "Arise and go forth towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem." Unto Gaza, which is desert, uh, Philip got up and went into the desert. Um, we need to be okay with enduring discomfort in our Christian life. It's not, listen, it's not comfortable for me to walk up to somebody and to give the gospel to him. Even, even though I work with young people, even though I occasionally preach to the adults, even though I lead the singing, even though I'm involved with church and I tell my children about the Lord, and, and try to be a good Christian, it's still not, not normal to my flesh. It, my flesh despises doing that. And it gives me every excuse and every reason to step down and to stand back and to try to embarrass me and tell me. Let me tell you, you know, I, even times that I get ready to get up here, and maybe this is being more transparent than I should, times that I get ready to get up here, I'll sit down, and and the devil will start to whisper in my ear, you know, uh, you remember the times that you did that? You don't deserve to be up there. You you remember you remember back when you did this, back when you did that. We have to be okay with putting our pride behind us, uh, putting the discomfort behind us. Listen, what's this all about? It's about seeing people saved. It's about seeing lost folks come to know the Lord. People that are that are that could give their testimony that are in here today that were broken and down and out and without the Lord that, that the Holy Spirit swept in and convicted them of that sin and they got saved and their life was changed. That's what we as a church ought to be striving for. And we cannot do that if all we want to do is come and sit in a padded pew. And never step out and do anything more for God. Listen, if your purpose is to sit in a padded pew, that will be your end, sitting in a padded pew. 
sitting here, coming in here, being preached to, keeping it all to yourself, and then going back home and trying to live a good Christian life. We ought to be willing to go out and to endure more than that. I want us also to notice, look in verse number 30. It says, Philip ran. He hustled. He got with it. Listen, this, this ministry that God has for us, this work that He has for us, if God tells you, I want you to do this, and you sit down and wait, He'll get somebody else to do it. He's got, there's work to be done. There's people, I know, that the, I know that the devil lies to us and tells us people don't want to hear it, people aren't willing to ever accept it. Sometimes I feel that same way myself when I get discouraged. But listen, folks, people, God is still the same. He has not changed, and His powers is the exact same as it has always been. He is still able to save and wanting to save the lost. And there's still people out there right now that are willing to listen. Don't listen to the lie of the devil and believe that nobody's willing to listen to you, that nobody would, would hear the gospel if you were to give it to them. We ought to be, when God lays something on our heart, get up and do it. When, when people come, and I appreciate this, people come to me and talk to me about, you know, what do you think about us doing something with the Sunday school? Or people come to Brother Toby, what do you think about this or that? I like that. People get up and they, they feel God leading and they act on it. And, and we as Christians, if we're going to be used by God, we have to get up and act on it and get with it. That's exactly what Philip did. Uh, look again at verse number 30. Uh, it says, <clears throat> he asked him, he said, understandest thou? What thou readest, uh, Philip listened to him. You know, a lot of times Satan will say, well, you'll get to somebody, you, you don't know what to say to them. Like that old barber, you know, you don't know what you're going to say. You don't, you don't know how they're going to respond. You know, sometimes folks that you never would have imagined are, are in a much uh, lowlier position than you would have ever thought. And sometimes it's as simple as telling them what God did in your life. By just simply telling them, listen, you know, as much as I, I would love for each and every one of us, including myself, to be able to quote every single scripture and to be able to just lay it out and just get with it, don't, don't downplay the great effect to tell somebody what God has done in your life, how God has changed you. Um, I try so hard to impress to our young people that... When I when when I got out and lived in sin, that it was it was miserable, that it that it uh, that it had uh, long lasting effects, that it did things that uh, that hurt me and that hurt my family and that hurt my friends, and that once God forgave me for that and I got out of that and got my heart light, right, that living for God is the best thing that I have ever done in my entire life, and sometimes all we can do is just tell what God has done in our life and share our own testimony with people and let God use that. So don't, don't downplay that either. But also look at verse number 35. It says, Philip opened his mouth and began at the same Scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Now, yes, we ought, we ought to uh, be willing to give our testimony. Uh, but at the same time, we do need to have some Bible knowledge. We need to, as Christians, listen, Christians are so biblically illiterate, it's not even funny. Uh, we, ought, we ought to be reading our Bible, folks. Now, let me just say that again for a second. We ought to be reading our Bible, studying our Bible. It's more important than the TV. It's more important than the football. It's more important than the things that are going on outside the home. Um, now I don't, we as Christians have gotten 
so far, I believe that that is one of the, and I'm not going to run off on this very long, but I believe that that is, that is one of the key reasons that we are not seeing God work, is we're just not familiar as Christian people with the Word of God anymore. Not like people were in the past. If we expect to be used of God, we ought to know the Word of God. We ought to know what God says about certain matters. Now, it's wonderful to come and to have a pastor like we have to preach to us and to give us good gospel truth, to give us Bible preaching, to teach us what the Word of God says. But we ought not rely just on what uh, preaching we get. Uh, we ought not rely just on that. We ought to also be studying ourselves. So Philip, he was able to preach to this uh, eunuch the gospel. He was able to tell him about the Lord Jesus Christ and how Jesus Christ would save him from his sin and would, would change his life if he would just believe in him. So then lastly, we'll look at this. Look at, look at verse 29. Um, we see first off that the eunuch, he received Philip in. Um, the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, join thyself to this chariot. Uh, Philip went, and obviously he was able to join himself to the chariot because uh, we have the rest of the story. Um, we, uh, people are willing to receive us. Uh, let me reiterate just for a second. People are, are willing to receive us. People are we're willing to hear the gospel if we're willing to give it to them. Um, you know, Brother Toby has been preaching a little bit on Sunday nights about, and I can't remember exactly what his sermon title was, but uh, talking about basically living our life with a little bit more purpose, with uh, being focused more on the will of God in our life and seeking for that. Uh, our mornings ought to start off with us, even if it's a short prayer, in prayer, asking God to use us that day. You know, it's so easy for me to get caught up with work. The way that my work is structured is I'll have a project, do it, it'll be done. Another project, do it, it'll be done. I'll get so hung up on them. It's what I'll think about before I go to bed. When I get up in the morning, I need to get, I need to get this much work done today and this much done the next day and this to be able to finish by the deadline and, and all of those things. And we get so caught up in that. And that, that's, that's the tools of Satan to do those things because it takes me off of my focus. When my focus really ought to be, Lord, I'm going to go out today. I'm going to give my absolute best to try to, to earn a living to support my family. I know you're ultimately the one that's in control of that anyway. So, God, let my focus be today to look at those souls around me, to put the right person in front of me at the right time to help give me the words that I need to say, to remind me of the scripture that I need to give. Make, the, make it a perfect moment that I can go before them and share the gospel so that they could be saved or that they could get their life right or that they could be encouraged. Um, to do that. It ought, it ought to be our focus to do that. And people will receive us as the eunuch did with Philip. But also, look at verse number 31. It says, He said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit uh, with him. If you lead, lead a... Uh, let me kind of bend this a little bit to, to fit. If, if you uh, lead a godly life, people are going to look to you in times of difficulty in their life, even if they have never... Uh, before come to you about anything spiritual ever. Um, you know, even at a time in my life when I wasn't living for God the way that I ought to, maybe it was just, maybe it was just talking about the Lord, I don't know, um, people would still talk to me about God when they had difficult times. And that was an odd thing to me because at that time I still didn't have everything right in my life as I should. Um, but it's still a testament that when we live godly in front of other people, um, and we live open about our Christianity, um, then we will see people respond to us and come to us and look for that uh, for that help. And lastly, and, and I'm finishing up <clears throat> with this, look at verse number 39. 
It says, when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit, uh, the Spirit of the Lord uh, caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way uh, rejoicing. Actually, let me skip back a little bit and read just for the sake of reading it because I love it so much. It says, And as they were went on their way, they came into a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. Now listen, this verse is taken out of NIV Bibles. Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch. And he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, uh, that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. Um, I'll say this very last thing. The eunuch, he left rejoicing. If we are willing to be used of God in the way that God wants to use us, with his timing, with his leading, with his choosing, if we're willing to, to be submitted, if we're willing to, to hustle, if we're, uh, if we're willing to, uh, to lay our pride aside, and step out in faith to do the work of God, then guess what? We will see an eternal difference made in the lives of those people around us. I have been blessed to see and experience some wonderful things in my life, but let me say, one of the best things that a human being can ever experience is to take the Word of God, to see somebody before them that is lost and headed for hell, and for them to pray and ask the Lord to save them of their sin, to trust in Christ, and to be saved right there before your eyes, and for that difference to be made. There is, Listen, that's better than winning the lottery, folks. That's a wonderful thing to see that happen. And that still can happen. Don't let the... Uh, listen, I, I don't like this idea of us... Uh, you know, being okay with only seeing uh, one folk saved here and there. Now, coming in church and somebody getting saved is one thing. But we as Christians, listen, are commanded to go out. We're to go out and to share the gospel. So I, I'm, I'm finishing up. I'm closing. But I, I want this thought to be on your mind. Uh, each and every day as you're going out and living your life, what is your focus? Is it work? Is it school? Uh, is it the, the problems that Satan loves to throw before you to get you focused on and caught up on? Or are you focused on being used by God each and every day? Are you looking for people that are dying and going to hell that God may use you to give them the gospel to make a difference in their life? And if it's not, uh, I encourage you to come down this morning and pray. Ask God to help you with that. Listen, I have to do the same thing oftentimes for God to help me uh, to be focused as I ought to be focused. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes as the musician comes up to, to, to pray, uh, play for us. I'll get it out in a second. Uh, if the Lord's dealt with you this morning, if you feel like there's any need at all that you have to come down to pray, uh, to ask God to help you with anything, whether it be uh, being used by God more so, whether it be to pray for a lost family member, whether it be for anything at all that you feel like God has, has pressed on your heart, now's the opportunity to come down ask the Lord to, to help you with whatever it is that that may be.